Have you ever been waiting excitedly for someone to show up at your house? Maybe it's a friend coming over for a play date or uh, someone who's going to come and stay with you. Maybe a grandma or grandpa are going to come and stay at your house and you're so excited for them to show up at your front door. Maybe your mom or dad has gone on a trip and you've been so excited for them to come home. Well, what kinds of things do you do while you're waiting? What do you think about while you're waiting? And what do you do to get ready for them? In our reading today, we're going to hear two parables about waiting and getting ready for Jesus to come back. I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's Word. So our story of the book of Matthew has taken us into Holy Week. And last time, Jesus started talking with his disciples um, about preparing for the future, about what was to come, um, preparing for his second coming specifically. And in our reading today, Jesus is going to share two parables or short stories that will help his disciples and us to understand how we are to wait for Jesus' return. So let's give a little context. The first one is going to be a parable about 10 virgins. Um, I think probably the best way to think about this is 10 bridesmaids would be the closest thing in our modern day to understanding who these women were. And according to a Bible commentary by a guy named D.A. Carson, at this time period, a Jewish wedding, the, the bridegroom, the man, would have gone to, with his friends, to the bride's home and there would have been some ceremonies there like the wedding ceremony and then after nightfall he would have gone um, and taken his bride to his home and there would have been like a procession through the streets people it was dark outside so people would have had lamps with him and if he didn't have a lamp he probably would have been thought of as kind of like a party crasher like you aren't part of this go home But the people who were involved in the whole thing would have had a lamp with them. And so I think that that is a really good explanation for what's happening in this parable. These ten virgins are probably bridesmaids and they're probably waiting for the bridegroom and his bride to come. And then they're going to go and have a big party, um, also called a marriage feast. Okay, And a lamp had to have oil in it. That's kind of what kept it burning. So there would have been a wick and then there would have been oil. And if you ran out of oil, then there wouldn't have been anything left to burn. You couldn't burn your lamp without having some oil. So that's really important for the context. In the second story, um, Jesus is going to tell a parable of the talents. Now we get our word talent actually from this parable. So when you think of the word talent, you probably think, oh wow, someone who's really talented is really good at singing or they're really talented at playing soccer or something like that. But a talent here is actually an amount of money. But it doesn't matter whether a talent is an ability or a gift or an amount of money or something you have. What's important in this story is that it's something that these servants have been given by their master and they are to do something with it. They're to make use of it and not waste it. So as you read this, you can think about it being an amount of money, and then you can think about things that God has given you in your own life, whether it be money, possessions, skills, abilities, anything that God has given you is something that you can use 
for his kingdom. So we'll talk about that a little bit. All right, let's dive in. We're in Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. So find that in your Bible, Matthew 25, verse 1. Here we go. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with him. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, You delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered to him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's talk about these two parables. So the first one we have the parable of the ten virgins. You could think of them as kind of like bridesmaids. In the Bible, the metaphor of a marriage is often used to help us understand Jesus and his church. 
So in the Bible, Jesus is often called the bridegroom and the church is often called the bride. And when the new kingdoms comes, there's verses in the Bible that talk about the marriage feast of the lamb. So this parable is, I think, easy to understand in light of that. The bridegroom is Jesus coming back. And we want to go to the marriage feast of the lamb. We want to be found ready and waiting for him and expecting him. So what is it that was different between the wise women and the foolish women? What did they have? They, they all were waiting. They all had lamps. They, they all got sleepy and fell asleep while they were waiting. But what was different was that the wise women brought enough oil and the foolish women did not and had to go and get it at the last minute. And they did not have, there wasn't time for that. And so then they were late to the party and they were shut out. And it says that the groom said, I don't, I do not know you. So what is this oil? Well, we've talked a lot about on this podcast, as we've read in Matthew, that it can't be good works because good works don't earn our way to heaven, right? So it has to do with faith. I think that this is in a picture of enduring to the end with faith. So the wise women not only confessed Jesus as Lord of their life, put their faith in him, but they endured to the end. They continued on in faith that he would come back. I think that's what the oil is. And the foolish women, you know, they maybe at the beginning said, yeah, I'll believe in Jesus, but they didn't endure to the end. They didn't continue in faith. And so then at the last minute, they're running out trying to figure out how to get their affairs in order and get their faith figured out. But there wasn't time for that. And I think that's what will be like when Jesus returns. We need to not only just say the words that we put our hope and our trust in Jesus, but we need to actually do it and continue on and endure in our faith until the very end. And how can we possibly do that? We can pray and ask him to help us to endure to the end. We can be thinking about him, longing for him, expecting him. We can be studying him in his word that will help us to long for him and to wait for him well. All right, let's talk about the parable of the talents. So in this parable, when they talk about talents, they're talking about an amount of money. And all of these servants were given something to work with. And while they were waiting for the master return, they were to be doing something and producing something for the kingdom, right? I think that's clear that that was expected of them. The, the foolish and wicked servant, out of fear of his master, didn't do anything with his talent. He just hid it in the ground because he was afraid. And that man was condemned for that. Where the good and faithful servants used what they had been given to produce something for the master. And they were called good and faithful because of that. So let's apply this in our own lives. What does this mean? Well, you may not have been given an amount of money from God to work with, but you may have been given something else. Maybe you have a possession. Maybe you have a skill. Maybe you have an ability. Maybe you have time. Whatever it is, we've all been given things by God to use in this world for his glory. 
And we ought not do it out of fear, like that wicked servant, but out of gratitude and love for our king. So what, can, what do you have in your life that you can use today for his glory and for his kingdom? That's why that word talent in the English language means usually more like a skill or ability because it's from this parable. And usually God doesn't necessarily give us money, but he'll give us something to work with. And often it's a skill or ability that we should be using for his glory. So we're not just waiting and longing for Jesus, but we're diligent, we're not lazy. We're working for his kingdom while we wait. Not to earn our way into heaven, um, but out of, out of joy because the master will return. All right, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. Last week's verse was Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Both of those parables today explain to us a little bit about how we are to run the race before us, the race of our life. We're supposed to be enduring to the end in our faith, and we're supposed to work diligently with what we have for our master, for Jesus. And we do it not in our own strength, but looking to Jesus. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one that completes our faith for us. And what did he do? For joy before him, he endured the cross. He joyfully put, laid down his life for us on the cross because there was joy before him, joy of the kingdom of heaven, joy of eternity in glory, but also joy that we will be there with him. So we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows. I hope that reading God's word helps us to run the race before us well and look at Jesus better. I have in the show description notes about some resources for you and notes about my contest going on through the month of March where you can enter to win an ESV Children's Bible. So give this show a share with three different people and then your mom and dad can go and enter to win that Bible. There's no strings attached, no shipping, nothing like that. Just They just enter their name and email and I'll pick one at the end of March. All right, we'll see you next time.